All right, there we go. Got some news for Monday, and uh, I'm gonna put the put the links to everything we're talking about in the show notes. Well, some of the things we're talking about in the show notes, if you want to check them out. So anyway, here we go. Keeping that hammer down all across the nation. Checking cities off his list. Sharing stories of the road right here on his station. You are listening to the Kingfish. Yes, you've tuned in to the Kingfish Radio Network. Mm. Expand your mind on the open road with Kingfish right here. All right, here we go for Monday. All right, another exciting week. We got some news. This one's a little humorous. Well, if it didn't happen to you, it was humorous. But if it happened to you, well, I would suspect it's not so humorous. So anyway, Lake Worth, Florida. Not sure where that is. But anyway, Lake Worth, Florida, some Tesla owner decided that when his battery died, he pulled up onto some guy's lawn grabbed an electrical cord and walked over to the guy's house. I guess he saw an outside extension and he plugged in and he left. Didn't say anything. The homeowner didn't say nothing. The homeowner woke up, saw this guy's car parked on his lawn and a cord run into his house and uh, called the cops. Yeah, it'd be a little tick too. So if you got a Tesla three and you're running out of power, don't park on my front lawn. If you do, your car probably won't be there when you come back to get it. But I might be trying to figure out what to do with that battery. I'm sure those are pretty nice batteries. So I don't know what to say about that one other than that. That's kind of strange. Now, here we go. Let's move on to the next one. Hyperloop contest. Infidian chips accelerate... Technical University of Munich's pod to fourth win in a row. Now, what they're talking about this hyperloop technology, they're talking about these, like, I guess the best way to describe it is like these trains. Yeah, and this thing is expected to go up to 1,200 kilometers per hour. And engineers all over the world are working on this thing. Well, the, the pod that they got set up so far has reached 463.5 kilometers per hour. Now, 465 kilometers per hour translates into 289 miles per hour. Yeah, I had to look it up. <laughs> In fact, I had to stop recording to look it up. I'm not big on the metrics. So, hmm. anyway, that's what we got going on there. So, the, this Hyperloop technology, it's, uh, you know, it's pushed, you know, the concept came from SpaceX and Elon Musk and... You know, if this thing works out, I mean, we could have, you know, crazy fast trains going all over the world. And, you know, you can make it to Paris in, you know, a few hours and things like that. And I think that'd be pretty cool. Of course, they'd have to work on the, you know, making it a comfortable ride for the people in it. Maybe maybe it'll never have people in it because it'll go so fast. Maybe it'll just do freight. I don't know, but... uh it's pretty exciting stuff. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see where that goes. 
Will anything happen in our lifetime? I don't know. It's hard to say. All right, let's move on. This one's an older one that I, I, I guess I threw back in here to look at later and I never got around to. Uh, it's uh, beware of very flooded damaged vehicles. All right. The National Insurance Crime Bureau is warning the nation's consumers that vehicles flooded by Barry may soon be appearing for sale around the nation. All right. So whenever there's a natural disaster and there's a lot of flooding, Kearney, Nebraska, just recently, you're bound to see people, uh, you know, they'll clean up the damaged vehicles and then retry to sell them. So the best thing you can do is, uh, you know, check out the vehicle identification number, the VIN, you know, and, uh, you know, do a VIN check. You know, it's a free service by the National Motor uh, Title Information System database. It says here, VIN check allows car drivers to see whether a vehicle has been declared as salvage or a total loss by an NICB member that participates in the program. Insurers representing about 88% of the personal auto insurance market provide their salvage data to the program. So it's not entirely 100%, but it's not a bad deal. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. If you're going to buy a used vehicle, you know, do a VIN check anyway. You know, there are commercial services that will charge you for it. Uh, I can't think of what they need any of the names of those. But, you know, this is a free one. Just something to think about. So do a VIN check. And we are definitely going to, uh, you know, put that in the um, in the show notes. Because we think that's something that, you know, people should look into. All right, let's see what we got. Power Nation. Oh, you're going to love this one. Power Nation reported that two Ford... Are you ready for this? Two Ford Mustang Shelby GT500s found after 15 years. Now worth a fortune. So, 15 years. What, 2004? So, what's going on here? Every once in a while, uh, sifting through junk pays off. Like this, uh, classic cars of Sarasota recently dug a pair of 1968 Ford Mustang GT500s out of a warehouse where they were parked and left for 15 years. One is a standard GT500 with 102,000 miles on it, and the other is a rare GT of oh, a KR 500KR that still has its factory 428 Cobra Jet V8 engine. Oh my goodness! Oh, I would love to hear the sound of that. The Lime Gold Fastback is nearly all original and well-preserved, but not perfect, which leads the Hagerty Price Guide, pricing it at over 200000 Classic Cars of Sarasota cleaned it up and says it's mechanically excellent. It has it listed for 135000 but is also holding an auction on eBay through July 17th. Well, I guess the auction's already up. The standard GT500 has already been sold at an undisclosed price. Wow. You know, I just can't even imagine that. You know, that 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 would just be phenomenal. So, I don't know. They look. I'm looking at the photo, and they look pretty nice. Uh, just dirty and dusty. Wow. God, I just love me a Mustang. Ugh, it's my favorite car. Just can't get enough of them. Anyway, let's move on to the next one. And what else do we got here? All right. Trucking industry asked to rank top concerns. So the American uh, Transportation Research Institute, the trucking industry non-for-profit research organization, launched its uh, top survey issues 
And, uh, you know, the results of the 2019 survey will release at the ATM Management Conference Expedition in uh, Exhibition, not Expedition, to be held October 5th and 9th in San Diego. All right, I'll go ahead and try to post a link up on this one, too. Uh, you know, put, you know, put up your biggest concerns. To, you know, what do you, what is it about you that you, you know, you do or do not like about, uh, you know, the, this industry that we call the trucking industry? You know, what is, what, what are the things that uh, you think that need to be addressed? You know, that's, uh, you know, that's what, that's what we're talking about here. And also, on the, on the same note, the U.S. Department of Transportation works to help American farmers and commercial drivers by seeking public comment on agricultural commodity definitions. Uh, let's see, we, uh, we'll definitely put the show notes on this one. They're basically looking at, you know, just the definition of what things are and things like that. It says here, uh, currently harvesting and planting seasons are determined by each state. Drivers transporting agricultural commodities, including livestock, are exempt from the hours of service requirements from the sources of the commodities to a location within a 150 air mile radius from the source. The advance rule authorized by the MSCA was prompted by indications that the current definition of these terms may not be understood or enforced. Basically, what it comes down to is they want to move this stuff and they want to move it fast. And so they'll, you know, but but they're looking for definitions. Uh, something... You know, I'm going to go ahead and let's put that in the show notes also. So if anybody gets a chance, take a look at that. And, of course, don't forget the, you know, the uh, census is coming up. They've already started counting Alaska. Apparently, Alaska is where they start. It's the hardest place to get to. Uh, there's villages up there that don't ever see people visiting them unless the census is going on. You know, it's they're so remote. So uh, Alaska, uh, the let's see, April twenty, April first, twenty twenty, census count will begin. Months earlier in Alaska, Tuksuk Bay, a rural village on the Bering Sea that can be only reached by sled dog, snow machine, or bush plane with a, when the ground is still frozen. Counting people who live in hard to reach places in the northwest parts of the United States has been a challenge since eighteen seventy. Apparently, even today, large portions of Alaska are not connected by roads and have spotty mail service. Well, I think that's pretty cool. And the uh, 20, 2020, the 2020 census will be available online, but uh, you know, for the for the people up in Alaska, that's not much an option. They really don't have much. You know how they gonna how they gonna go online? They don't have anything. So, anyway, oh, what did we just toss out? Anyway, that's all we got today. There's not too much. Uh, it's a Monday. Uh, see what we can do. Hope everybody's having a great day and keep on trucking.